like to acknowledge that I live and work and record this podcast on the unceded sovereign lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people. I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past and present and to all traditional custodians living across this continent. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and owners of whichever land you are listening from today. Hello, I am Lauren Beckman and this is Lauren Lately, the podcast. And I know that I said that I would try and do this fortnightly um, or that I didn't know how I would go with getting the next episode out. Turns out I'm full of opinions and I'm back in your ears sooner than I intended. And that is because I want to talk about Grace Tame. Shocking, I know, but it is the story that is everywhere this week and it is something that I am desperate to talk about. I'm sure by now you've seen the photo of Grace Tame with the Prime Minister or even seen the video of it going around. And that has all come about because on Tuesday, Dylan Alcott was awarded Australian of the Year 2022 and he is being called the first person with a disability to be awarded Australian of the Year, uh, which... I'll come to that in a moment, but uh, he's taking over the mantle from Grace Tame, who was Australian of the Year 2021. Now, Grace Tame is actually autistic, and I really do feel like making a big deal about Dylan's disability, which absolutely he is the first person that we're aware of with a very visible disability, but I do feel like just touching on this quickly for a sec before I get into the grace tame of it all, um, that it really does increase the stigma around less visible disabilities or kind of more dynamic disabilities. Now, I won't call them invisible disabilities because they're not invisible. Um, the signs manifest physically through behavior and posture and, and vocabulary and all of that if you're looking for them. They're less visible or have less awareness, but they're not invisible. But I will circle back to Grace being autistic in a little bit. Congratulations to Dylan Alcott, a really, really worthy recipient. But there was a moment on Tuesday that went a little bit viral, and I'm quite sure you know what I'm going to be talking about. There is a photo of Grace Tame at an event that was at the Lodge for the Australian of the Year finalists. Um, There was a photo op out the front of the Lodge where Grace shook the PM's hand but did not smile during this photo op. And then there were photos of her taken not smiling and giving something of a side eye to the PM. So that photo went viral and countless people called her childish, said that she didn't show respect, that this discredits everything that she's done, that she should have just smiled or she should have not gone. Peter Van Onselen, who I'm just going to call PVO from here out, wrote an article in The Australian on Wednesday called Grace Tame, if your disdain for the PM is so great, why go? He called her ungracious, rude, childish. He goes on to say, acting like a child, displaying a lack of basic manners when coming face to face with him in a meet and greet was unbecoming and unnecessary. That's the case whether she was caught by surprise or deliberately played up to the cameras, hoping for attention such as this. Now, the idea that she was playing up for the cameras or that she was craving this attention is 
really just so problematic on the face of it. He is saying that she is trying to cling to any any last amount of press attention as Australian of the Year before the mantle is handed over, which is just a really disgusting thing to say, to be honest, saying that she's craving attention. It's a very um, female trait that I feel like men put on women. The idea that we do things for attention Uh, and to make it about us when that is just not the case. Grace was genuinely just being her authentic self. Now I want to play a segment from the interview of Amy Remekis on the project when PVO was hosting. Why should she stand there and smile? And why do we have to be polite? I don't think she should stand there and smile. I think she just shouldn't go if you can't show basic courtesies to the Prime Minister. about how she was being childish because she showed her her authentic feelings. No, I I thought she was being childish, but I just... my, My point was just simply... I don't have a problem with her having a problem with Scott Morrison. Why did you write but it? I, I, why I just did think, you write it? I think it's juvenile to respond that way. But I just why not write an article about what she's achieved this year? I've written a lot about these issues and I think she's achieved a lot. I don't agree with everything that she's done. I've got the same view as Rose Batty, that I can see the good as well as the bad in the way that she's functioned. But on overall terms, I think it's been a very good thing that she's been the Australian of the Year. You attempted to a police a woman who lost all agency as a child where she was groomed and told how to behave and she has since come out and made her entire adulthood about not behaving in the way that other people think that she should, that she's going to be true to herself. And because of the politics of civility, you wrote a column in the national masthead slamming her for that. You said she shouldn't have gone. She has every right to be there. She has every right to show her feelings and if she doesn't want to be part of a politically staged photo op she doesn't have to smile to make other people feel better and not hurt their feelings so there you can hear amy and pvo discussing this article and i have to commend amy for the way that she handled herself in the face of pvo's absolute obstinance and the way that he talked over her. I really do encourage you to watch the entire interview because it is fantastic and Amy just does a wonderful, wonderful job in advocating on behalf of Grace in this moment. But if you watch the whole interview and just from that clip that I played, you can see that PVO doesn't get it. He doesn't get why Grace should have been allowed to act the way that she did and allowed to be her authentic self. He completely misses the point of the fact that Grace is being made to stand with a man who has been working against everything that she stands for and being potentially used for political gain. PVO is completely missing that and he thinks it's as simple as, well, she shouldn't have gone, which again, completely misses the point. Grace had every right to be there. She was Australian of the year 2021. She is allowed to take up space in spaces she belongs. That space belonged to her and she had every right to be there. And Amy gave a very impassioned defense of Grace Tame and called PVO out for the way that he was policing the way that she should act and talked about how the politics of civility has become the overarching narrative of this instead of all of the amazing work that Grace has done and all of the extraordinary things that she has been through and overcome to get to where she is. A woman who has been sexually assaulted by a man in a position of authority 
shouldn't have to feel like she has to make him comfortable, that she has to placate him. That is what her entire childhood was, being groomed, being taught how to act, how to be quiet, how to respond to people in authority in a way that made them feel comfortable or made them feel better about their abhorrent actions. Grace Tame owes nobody that level of silence or respect or reverence or anything now. She absolutely does not. To PVO's comments, Briggs said on Twitter, the opinion of just don't go is the classic white Australia response slash approach to everything that challenges their status quo. Well, if you don't love it, leave, etc. And the point is he can choose to disengage or not show up because what he represents, white Australian male, built the house and wrote the rule book. It doesn't matter if he engages or not. See, that's the thing. We're dealing with the straight white man rule book. And if you don't play by their rules, then you're not playing properly. But if they decide they don't want to play by their own rules, then they're groundbreaking. They're making a stand. They have integrity. If a woman does it, she's being childish. She's being rude. There is a level of politeness being forced on women at all times that we have to just play nice, act like a good little women, grin and bear it, make others feel comfortable, minimize ourselves and take up less space to make the people around us feel more comfortable with their opinions, with their position. The white men get to stand up and say whatever they want and we are just expected to sit back and make them feel good about that. Jane Gilmore wrote a really great caption about this on Instagram, which said, Grace Tame's abuser groomed her to be compliant and obedient, to keep his secrets and bolster his delusions that he had done nothing wrong. Despite all the power he used against her as a much older man in a position of authority, Grace was able to break free of his control. It's unimaginable how much strength that must have taken, how much it must still take now. Now, Jane went on to say how not smiling for men is a political act. And for Grace Tame in this moment, it is also an act of personal courage. I'd encourage you to go read the whole thing as it says a lot about the way that commenters are expecting Grace to continue to be compliant and obedient to a man in a position of power. Yasmin Poole wrote a great opinion piece for the Sydney Morning Herald called Why Young Women Aren't Smiling for You Anymore. And she says, women are expected to nod, smile, be silent and complicit. Women are expected to shoulder the burden of masking our emotions for the comfort of others. So there is a massive level of sexism and misogyny at play here, but also, and this isn't being spoken about quite as much, a level of ableism. So as I mentioned at the start, Grace has autism, and this is something that she has publicly acknowledged. Now, I'd like to read a series of tweets from Kara Schlegel to give voice to this aspect of it. She says, Grace Tame is autistic like me, and what is being left out of this conversation is that autistic people have to fight every single fucking day against this nonsensical and genuinely harmful culture of civility in order to just be ourselves. We are forced to mask all the time to survive polite society. And the irony is that being forced to mask constantly is one of the leading causes of suicide in autistic women with an average life expectancy of 36. Any writing on this that doesn't recognize that this is also an ableism issue, not just a sexism one, is missing a really crucial point. If an autistic woman shows up anywhere, know that she is already working twice as hard, but she shouldn't have to. She should never have to. So this is a really important part of the conversation that just isn't being spoken about as much, the ableism aspect of it and the way that we expect neurodivergent people to show up in the world in the same way as neurotypical people. So Grace is 
being her authentic self in so many ways here. She is not masking. She is not bowing to the societal pressure neurodivergent people face every day of their lives to make others feel more comfortable, to behave according to the norm, which really is just the way that privileged, well-connected white men have deemed appropriate for the most part. That is like what is considered societally normal and acceptable behavior. What white men feel is acceptable. What men in power feel is acceptable. What makes them feel like they still have the power. Grace is not bowing to the societal pressure for women to do the emotional labor. She is not willing to gloss over the cracks and to make politeness a more important factor in life than integrity, honesty, and authenticity. Grace was full of fire when she became Australian of the Year and she has not stopped. She is living her authentic self and we should congratulate that, not try to police women, not try to drag women, oppress people and sexual assault survivors back to a world that demands our silence for the comfort of others. It is not manners that these commentators want or politeness. They want silence. They want control. They want women to be decorative, not demanding, to serve the needs of men, not to have needs of their own. Now, the reaction to this photo has shown in perfect clarity who our allies are and who wants to keep us subservient, who would rather that we stay quiet and timid and afraid, and that there is never going to be a correct way to protest or show our displeasure with the systems around us. Just the simple act of not smiling or taking a knee in a football game makes people lose their ever-loving minds. So what, pray tell, what is the right way to do it? Oh, that's right, there isn't one. Because they don't want us to say anything. They don't want us to do anything that goes against the status quo. There is no right way to challenge the status quo because they don't want to be challenged. But this photo of Grace that has gone absolutely viral has also shown us the power in being our authentic selves and how just refusing to mask discomfort can send a powerful message without having to use our words. Okay, it's time for my rant and recommendation. And as much as I would love this to be a rant about something petty and something fun and lighthearted, it's not going to be. And content warning, there will be some discussions of violence against women and gender-based violence. So I've spent all of this episode talking about the reaction to Grace Tame, a victim of sexual assault, giving the side eye to the prime minister. And that was a national outrage. But today, the day that I'm recording this, Thursday, the 27th of January, Andrew O'Keefe has been charged with the alleged assault of a woman. So he's been accused of grabbing a woman by the throat, punching, kicking, and pushing her to the ground. He's also a former White Ribbon Australia ambassador. And you can see why we have such reluctance to trust men who claim publicly to be allies, because they end up like this. My issue, aside from the assault, which is abhorrent, is that where is the outrage? Where is the outcry from all of these men who not two days ago were all over Grace Tame 
for not smiling when a man is literally being charged with assault. We have such a double standard when it comes to these things. People continue to make excuses for or just not even acknowledge the damaging behavior of men. Whereas when it comes to the behavior of women that some people find uncomfortable for them, they somehow think that that is the most morally egregious thing in the world. And I'm just so, so sick of it. It is time to end these double standards. So that is my rant. It's been a very ranty episode and I do apologize in a way for that, but also not really because these are my opinions and this is what you're here for. But my recommendations for today. So I do recommend that you watch the full The Project interview with Amy Remekis because it is brilliant and please read her book on reckoning also brilliant, but also take some care while you're reading because sexual assault content. The other recommendation I want to make this week comes out of a post that I did on Wednesday for Invasion Day. I wrote an acknowledgement of country and posted that to my Instagram. And when I thought about it a little bit more, I added a little bit more context to my stories about it because I felt it was really important. So I did some acknowledgement of country training. It's called Acknowledge This. It's run um, by Reese and Emma. I'll put their links in the show notes because they are just incredible. And the way that they talked about acknowledgement of country just really changed the way that I relate to it. So you will have noticed that I do an acknowledgement of country at the top of the episode, but it's not like a pre-recorded thing. I'm planning on doing it like fresh each episode. So the language will slightly change and they'll sound slightly different. And the reason that that is really important to me is because I don't want an acknowledgement of country to ever just be something that is said out of habit or that is, you know, a rote sentence that I've just memorized and just churn out. I don't want it to be a tick the box exercise. I want to use that to really take a moment and genuinely acknowledge and find connection to the country that I am on and how I can best respect both the country that I'm on and First Nations people. And it's a really nice reflective moment. It's not obviously all about me, but they do really encourage you in this training to find your connection to it, to make it meaningful for you, because then it will actually be meaningful to First Nations people. Because if you're just reading a sentence that doesn't have any real meaning for you, that is just some words that have been handed to you, you're not going to reflect on those words and they're not going to be coming from a place of genuine intention. So I just really want to challenge you to think about the way you do acknowledgement of country. I really want to recommend Acknowledge This. That's the name of the the training and the company. It's really, really impactful and it's just really changed my relationship to acknowledgement of country and and how I think about that. So that is it for this week. I will be back with another episode probably next week. Let's be honest. I don't know that I can control myself and wait an entire fortnight to get on the microphone and have a little bit of a rant. So have a great weekend and I will talk to you all soon. Mm -hmm.